0: Lover of all things lit. Professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, AKA The Book Sage. And you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Greetings, welcome to Lit with Lloyd. I am your host, Lloyd Russell. And today I have a real treat for you. Uh, Betty Ochard is an author that I've known for a number of years. Uh, She's written four books, Uh, I've loved them all, Uh, and she is a real treasure. And uh, you're going to enjoy hearing what she has to say.
1: Gosh. Hello, Betty. Hi. (laughs) Now I love you. (laughs) Okay. But Uh, uh, welcome. Yes.
0: Yes. And uh, let's start with talking about your four books, because when you came to our book club probably six years ago or so... Uh, We read a book called The Home for the Friendless. Uh, And that's basically the first book I read of yours uh, before I uh, voraciously read the rest of them. Uh, So do you want to start with uh, the books you wrote in the order you wrote them, or how do you want to do it?
1: Oh, let's do it your way. Okay. Tell
0: us a couple of things. Tell us first uh, about what, what the book is about uh in terms of the childhood and all and then tell us how old you were when you wrote it
1: (laughs) okay the age on that one ah
0: that was i think that was 80 wasn't it
1: weren't you 80 when you wrote that i think so yeah
0: that's what i read on your bio
1: okay that's what it was then yeah I, i have forgotten some of those okay um, so, how old was I?
0: You were eighty when you wrote 80, that,
1: right? Right. I was seventy-five when I started writing. Yes, okay. and we will
0: talk about that one too.
1: Okay. So, what am I doing now? Just tell us about the book, what it's about.
0: Tell the Home tell for, the listeners what okay what, and and what what prompted you to even write it.
1: Oh, um, hell's bells. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing at a time. Yes. Home for the Friendless is an old, old title that goes way 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 back and um there were different things they used it for it could be tramps but it was a group of people trying to keep things you know in good shape but um at at my point for feather feather (laughs) uh start that over again <laughs> uh, with uh, 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 lots of years passing by home for the friendless became a home for abandoned children and uh we were not abandoned but a home for children in trouble or needing needing help uh-huh. and so um, ours ours was just uh Mostly divorced parents, but there were a few kids who were orphans. But they usually didn't keep them there. These were just families who were in trouble, you know. And so, um, my grandmother was the one who suggested that uh, we go there. And I remember the day that that they walked walked us in there, wow. and I didn't know what it was like. It was actually. Always quite good. It was uh, at least we had five me- five meals a day, <laughs> we, uh, three meals a day. Uh, we had all kinds of visitors, all kinds of programs. It was really better than it was at home. Uh-huh. So uh, my my parents really were embarrassed about putting us there, but it was during the depression, and we were in trouble, and so that's where my grandmother suggested we go well a lot of kids who lived nearby i found out later never knew what that building was and it was an old. it was 1902 i think it had been a lot of different things but while we were there it was just boys in the boys dorm girls in the girls little kids in the nursery you know all the food we needed we were happy a lot of things. We were treated very well, but and our parents could come on Sundays to visit us.
0: Now, but weren't you there uh, several different times? Twice. Twice. My brother okay. and I
1: were on the phone. He lives in Nebraska, and we were talking about it recently. He said, "Betty, we went back twice." I said, "We did." Huh. I, I kind of remember that they took a try at being at home, but. They couldn't stop fighting it was mostly my mom triggered things and um so that's the way it went and then they'd be in trouble again and we were back but we were we felt kind of like big shots huh. you know because we've been here before <laughs>
0: <laughs> well your parents uh didn't they they marry and divorce uh, several times three three yeah, times each
1: other yeah huh. uh, they they really loved each other um they didn't know how to live together my mother was also I don't know if she's chaotic or, or bipolar or what she was a talented pianist just gifted she, she really truly gifted and uh she could make a party you know just really fly anyway she was lively and she liked to party but she had a very short uh, temper, and when she didn't agree with my dad, which they often didn't, um, she would just get in such a fit of anger that, you know, now it kind of sounds funny, but it wasn't then she broke all our dishes. Ah. she broke dishes. we we got more new dishes than any family <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but that's how she took. You know she didn't beat us or anything she broke dishes wow and then then they'd end up she'd be crying and hugging and they'd be kissing and sorry and that was that that's just the way it was did they end up together late in life no no Uh, (laughs) and uh, that's when they were better off because they would go visit each other Uh. briefly wherever they lived and say goodbye and um you can erase this if you can't use it. My mom said, I went to see your dad today and he's he likes it there, but he's a little confused. He says, You should come here to live. But it wasn't that kind of home. <laughs> it was like it was, you know, like home for the friendless was. And she says, Ah, uh, Basil, you were sick and you belong here. I am not sick. I don't belong here. He says, Juanita, well, I am not sick. And so they had started a little, little the mom said they finally tempered down. And before she left him, this is embarrassing to say, erase it. He, um, he tweaked her titties. I said, oh, mom, my God. He says, she did as I was going out, he tweaked my titties.
0: That could conceivably be edited, but that's that's not our problem.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. So, um, the first book you wrote um, is called "Dancing in My Nightgown," and I loved it. It, It's it basically was a bunch of uh, of little vignettes um, about being a widow. So. How old were you when Denny passed away?
1: Oh mercy! Uh, let me think a minute. Uh, yeah. Let's see. It was he died in
0: 1998.
1: Okay. Uh don't remember how old he was, but I was born in 1930. Could you do the math? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you wrote a book about that. You wrote the book called "Dancing on My Nightgown." I think I was 75. And and that would have been 2005. So that was seven years after Denny passed.
1: uh, That sounds right.
0: Okay. And what prompted you to write the
1: book? Oh. Because you had never written a
0: book before that.
1: No. Uh, I have to think a minute. It'll come back to me, I'm sure. (laughs) And when it does, I'll interrupt us (laughs) so I can fill it in. Uh,
0: Did somebody recommend it?
1: No, no I remember now I remember because I was thinking about it recently why did I write that book um, during my grief grief is terrible I mean it's really difficult it's like having cancer or something and I was so heavy with grief that I sat down uh, I, I found th- this paper just recently in all my stuff I found this Paper, and I I said, if I write my horrible grief on this one piece of paper, put a date, put it away. um, Look at it in six months. Will I? I, Is there a difference in how I feel if I'm not so grieved anymore? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what happened was, I didn't put it away. And I I kept thinking, where did I start? That's when I started writing, was the day after he died. Oh, wow. Because the feeling, I wasn't, you're not grief stricken right away. Uh, Sometimes in six weeks, you just fall apart. Uh But most of the time, it's never right after. Uh, It's just you're in shock. Uh Uh-huh. Plus, you're surrounded by
0: family. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's maybe when you're home alone again is when it, yeah is when it really hits.
1: But somehow or other, and I also joined a, a group. Uh, they have a lot of them at different places, and it was helpful because it was a big circle of men and women telling their stories. And I was thinking, I I had a light. <laughs> 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 compared to some of these people. But sharing that was a good experience.
0: Yeah. My father-in-law, uh, he used to always say that if everybody sat in a circle and put their problems in the center, that everybody would take their own problems back.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't that? I mean, that's oh. basically what you're saying.
1: Oh, I liked. I hope I don't forget that. Uh, Remember that. I, I will, okay. I will. That's interesting. I'll, I'll email it to you. Yeah, you know, I... I you know what? That late, there was a lady who came there for several years and did the same thing over and over, and they nobody took her out and said this isn't very healthy. <laughs> you know that it was weird. Yeah. Um, and um, she's probably lonely.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I I would imagine that there's comfort in being around people there gone through at least somewhat similar situations. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you wrote down all these different stories and what made you put them into a book?
1: Oh, well. <laughs> Um I don't quite remember because I, I was just writing them. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, um, I shared, I learned how to contact friends on the computer the Uh computer was fairly new to people and one of my far away friends I sent her a story Uh uh-huh and then she said oh I love that and I sent her a couple more and she said you what are you doing with them I'm just they're just in my notebook you should put them in a book Uh and I know it came from her yeah Uh,
0: her suggestion
1: yeah so I don't remember exactly what all I went through, actually, to be honest. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But, uh, okay, so basically you wrote it at, at 75, 75 yes, years yes. of age, at your first book. Yeah. <laughs> and that, But there were three more to follow.
1: Because I couldn't stop writing. It's well, just like writing was, to me, was just medicine.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I didn't want it to be heavy and burdened. I don't want to read this all over again and feel crappy. yeah, yeah, yeah And uh, I just let my own personality go. like when I really couldn't think straight and and felt heavy with grief, I would do something and and there's a there's a, one of the books is dancing in my Nikon. Yeah. The rhythm was woodwood man. That was my medicine. <laughs> and I got really good. I just wanted someone to photograph me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the stories was actually Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a great title too.
1: Oh, and it was I got really good at it. Um and we had a, a, a you know it f- f- wasn't wood floor, it was covered with rug. And I had a, I had to find the right channel of music that was with you don't know, really. <laughs> I just loved it. It just was like medicine. Yeah. I can certainly understand that yeah. and
0: and plus it 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 kind of enabled you to relive so many good moments in your mm-hmm. life.
1: It was just um isn't that the name of one of the books dancing in my nightgown? That's
0: if that's the first one you wrote the, the, it, oh,
1: right, yeah. right. Okay. It's dancing
0: in, it's dancing in your nightgown, the rhythms of widowhood. So, uh, yeah, that was... And there
1: are the rhythms to yeah. widowhood, up and down. Uh, yeah, up yeah, and yeah. down. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then five years later, you wrote The Home for the Friendless, which, as I said, that's the one that I read first, and we had for our You club. know, I,
1: I didn't remember how long, because I remember there was a big, long gap uh, when I was thinking about all this that we were going to talk about, and I couldn't remember why was that big gap and I think um, that that book took a long time to write. Uh huh. And it wasn't long after I got it done and all wrapped up that I realized, it's, oh, I've got more stories to tell. Wow. And so I was that my second book. Second book was the yeah, home for I the friendless. Yeah, I bombed into it. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, the the that book, the home for the friendless, it's. It's there's so much stuff that goes on yeah. that I imagine it would have taken a little while to write it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it did kind of. I think the second half of that book is when I meet Denny. Ah. I don't remember, but there's something about that being just the first half of the book. Okay. And I think it, my my memory kept thinking, well, what happened next? You know, I and Denny always kept coming in.
0: Yeah to it uh, yeah yeah okay well uh, we have to take a quick break and then we shall come back and talk okay. about more of your books okie-dokie all right we'll be right back people thank you to the city of Montessorino for their continued support of KCAT Public Media The city of Montessorino has enabled KCAT to inspire, educate, entertain, and inform our community through the magic of television and digital media for over 38 years. Thank you. And we are back with Betty Ochard. Betty, we have up here on the screen a picture of your book cover for The Home for the Friendless it's a fantastic cover how did the cover get made how did you have an old picture that you could
1: use no i had a picture of the home and um my uh i don't know who i got in the family or who did it but there was a picture that we had taken oh wait a minute i could swear we we kids were standing in front of it yeah and I I think my grandmother brought us there because she said why would you want to remember this place (laughs) and mom says I I want my kids to do what they want and I says well I I want us to be in front of the home (laughs) well it it looks
0: like a nice home
1: oh it it was really fine it's gone now Uh but it was um it, it was fine it was we were lucky
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's very cool. All right, so uh, at the age of seventy-five, you write, you know, Dancing on My Nightgown. At the age of eighty, you write The Home for the Friendless, and at the age of eighty-five, uh, you write Living with Twelve Men. So tell us what that's
1: about. Oh, okay. Um, Denny, my husband Denny, took me as a bride to York College, Nebraska church college where he taught because he was the dorm parent for 12 boys who <laughs> lived upstairs we had a really neat old old house the boys were all upstairs i was downstairs there's uh pull you know these doors are pulled together to separate our front room from their front room uh-huh. the, that that door revealed a lot of things. (laughs) And I stopped opening it. Good call. And I I kept... I was paid to keep the boys upstairs bathroom clean. Ugh. (laughs) But um, I did it because I wanted this extra money to buy a blender. (laughs) Everybody had a blender but me. Um, uh, Anyway, it was... um, We were separated, quite separated, from them. And we'd open it on special occasions. But the boys were really neat guys, except for one of them. (laughs) And (laughs) I actually, I I could tell you that one, Um, and you could erase it, but anyway, (laughs) the the bad one ended up bad out in the world. He was a minister, but he was fired, and he ended up in jail, and the prisoners killed him. Oh, my goodness. And I, I really disliked him. Oh, my gosh. And he didn't come down for special things. You know what? He looked like a rat. I'm not making this up. If you look at a rat, there's a kind of a odd... He was half rat, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to envision his parents, and I'm having a little bit of trouble with that.
1: <laughs> he He had a beautiful singing voice. Oh, the other thing. The probably uh, the, the there was a girl who sang in our choir. They were boyfriend girlfriend. She just didn't have a mind of her own. She was a lovely singer, but in a group, she would say yes, uh huh, that's right, I believe that. She didn't never contributed anything. Um, and he, the other students told me this. He said, Betty, do you know when you and Denny are gone on vacation? He comes, makes her, she doesn't belong there in the boys' dorm, but they think that he thought she was pregnant, and he made her walk up this heavy basket of wet clothing to the top over and over and, so that she could have, she, uh, so I never, I never knew how it ended. All I know is how he ended. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh,
1: Can you imagine in a church college?
0: No. I can't imagine it anywhere. Anywhere, but anywhere. Yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how long did you and Denny live and, and act as uh, uh, dorm parents? It was three years. Three years.
1: And we left because they had a devastating fire ah. that destroyed the, the main building. And um, Denny had finished his work anyway and was ready to find a, a job. But we were there three years. We kept in touch with a lot of the boys. Uh, the boys were really neat. They played tricks, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I said, how do they get in here? I said, they can get in anywhere, Betty. <laughs> and I said, aren't you going to ball them out? I said, no. We need to just ignore it. <laughs> it was always a trick
0: they played. Did you have any of the boys for all three years?
1: Uh, most of
0: them. Most of them. Wow. There were little,
1: just a few little changes, like someone graduating, and yeah, uh, yeah. new one coming into replace. Yeah, but younger, the younger boys were there all yeah. four years. Uh,
0: are you still in touch with any of them?
1: Not anymore. No. Because I don't know. I went back several times for reunions, and it was people I knew, but I don't know anyone anymore
0: no I, I yeah I, yeah, I, I
1: donated a, a large amount of money because they were building a new um, main building and uh, I know they put the Orchard family uh, something up uh, on the wall oh really yeah and because I, I at one time I just only one time I saw it and, and I don't know if they're still there I don't know why would they they would get rid of it yeah but anyway I, I I was a bride there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were what? Tw- were you early twenties then? No, I was no almost nineteen. Really? So yeah. you were the same age as the the boys in the school? Yeah. Or in the dorm? Yeah. Oh wow!
1: And how Den- much? D- go
0: ahead. How much older was Denny than you?
1: Uh, four and a half years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and he, we were so different in personality. But we we really got together well. <laughs> yeah. One one day, I was in charge of in the bathroom and everything, and um, one day, one of the boys, I know who it was, because <laughs> I just knew him, uh, squirted me with water and ran back real quick. And I looked around, and I realized I know who it was, and I went downstairs. And I got, I, I don't know why we had a spray can, but we <laughs> did, so I filled it with ice water went back up and with my apron and and squirted him and he jumped up he expected me to come and i was going downstairs and he was up and i was shooting up and he was shooting down and who walks in but denny jenny doesn't do things like that and we we stopped and (laughs) denny did a fake laugh. I could tell. I said, you're mad at He says, Betty, you've got to remember that you're professor's wife. And it just made me (laughs) want to kick him.
0: (laughs) I could just see that. That is so great. Uh, All right. So what made you decide to write that
1: book? Uh, Did somebody give you an idea? No. When I started writing, I had to start making a list because they just, everything. And I found those lists when I, just a couple weeks ago, I said, oh my gosh, I forgot I did this. And I'd write, write down about, and it was a uh-huh. long list. I didn't write about, and then when I started writing, I went to the list, you know, and I knew that I my friend and editor would put them in order. I couldn't worry about putting them in order. i just get them. It was fun. All right, but we got one more to
0: talk about. Okay. Uh, and the title might be a little bit deceiving. It's called Posing Naked.
1: <laughs> it was my last book. <laughs> it was your
0: last book. Uh, and obviously, you were probably late 80s when you wrote that? Uh, I don't remember. A couple of years. Well, you were 85 when you wrote...
1: Uh, living with 12 men and posing naked was after that right right that was my last book yeah it was oh I can tell you this it was th- uh three years ago I wrote that book
0: wow so you were 89 basically when you I wrote guess that <laughs> and tell us about that one what's uh, that about
1: okay no wait uh what was it again posing naked yes okay and if you read the story then you you understand it of course but it's not going to catch readers (laughs) and okay in my art class whatever we whatever we majored in we had to take something really different so what i chose really different was um sculpture and so it was fun and i learned a a whole lot um and uh, um but i didn't want to be one of the volunteer spokeer students to be uh, for the class project to be naked. And um, and the, the the our professor said, please do not do this off, campus, off campus <laughs> because basically it's kind of dangerous. and I need to be, you know, here. And I <laughs> my thinking was he just wants to see us naked. <laughs> and so my four girlfriends, we said, we're gonna to get together on our own. And, uh, uh, you know, one of us will pose. Well, naturally, I thought one of them would, but they wouldn't, so I posed. Uh. And I posed, uh, I said, okay, I do not want my boobs to show. Uh, the rest isn't too bad, but okay, I'm gonna stand like this, hiding standing up, just hiding him like I'm cold. And it was really a job. My husband was out of out of town. Oh, well, good thing. I, he wouldn't have allowed it, and I would have gone along with it, because he was a professor, you know. Who's all gonna see this statue? You know, the whole the world. <laughs> anyway, it was a white statue, and when it was finished, um, Denny helped me so we it was heavy get it off the campus uh-huh. and I didn't help but it was my oldest son and Denny were carrying this straight dead body white <laughs> and every they were trying to make it out to our car and people stopped and just they were just <laughs> and they had to put it they had to put me down because <laughs> Danny was Dave was laughing so hard he says it's okay and Danny said you've got to stop laughing we've got to get this thing home <laughs> and when we got out finally to the car I barely fit in, in the um, trunk <laughs> just barely and they had to kind of I don't know do funny things with everything else to fit me in there because my feet kept hanging out i said i don't want those hanging out they could break off and (laughs) it was a huge job where is that statue now it was all over the place before we decided that um it should not be downstairs and so we put it in the guest bedroom and when my uh uh, family came from kansas to visit carl i said this is the only guest bedroom at, at And this is a statue. He says, what the hell? Uh, I said, it's a long story, but I I had to pose for it. And he said, oh, oh, my gosh. And so he said, well, I'll sleep my back to it, and my wife can sleep here. And when he woke up in the night, turned, he was panic-stricken, and (laughs) woke us all up. He was just (laughs) fighting himself. (laughs) And I said, I mustn't do that. Again, we moved it from one place to another. No matter where that thing was, it was in the way. And so we moved it down to the kitchen, corner in the kitchen, where I could hide it with uh, a sheet when I had to. (laughs) Yeah. But otherwise, just leave it there. One day, I was talking with my friend who came to visit, and she said, what's with this? You know, I told her the whole, whole story about it. And um, I said, to be honest, it's been a real problem trying to find some place to keep uh-huh. it. You know that that statue fell over, and we were going. She said, "You heard its feelings. Something was. I mean, I'm, it wasn't anything, except that it was strange. It fell over, and the head broke off and rolled." Oh
0: off. my gosh! And that was the end of that.
1: Not quite, because we had to, it's it's heavy. And Denny says, I'm gonna have to break this up in pieces. It was very hard. And the day that he, it was full of junk, and then my white pieces of body, and right in the top was the head. And he says, oh my gosh, The, the garbage men, they weren't trucks that came. The garbage men, Denny says, well, let's just look out when the garbage comes and see what happens it was funny because the guy went up to it and went he was handy and then he tried he went up closer and and then he, he he put the lid on again he didn't touch it they didn't empty the mar so Denny says i've I've got to break that head up and it, it was took a lot of breaks. <laughs> Oh, okay. The, the statue, right. the statue was really like a family story. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, I have one other question for you. How can people buy your books? Are there are any of the books oh. available for sale?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good question. At one time, uh, they were online. Uh, selling your books is a big hard deal what who was going to sell them yeah well I sell I sold a lot of them myself because I was a speaker and I loved speaking and um so we got rid of a lot of books and then when they were really down to nothing it was just a matter of um let's see what what, what was was we were you said what, what was your question
0: uh are, are any of them available for oh, sale yeah, yeah
1: they are and the easiest way is now is um through thrift or abe or any used book you can get them okay and and they might they might even be um signed by the but there are books that have been given back to the library and and
0: you go online to get them to those Uh, used uh yeah all online okay and are all four available
1: uh good question i haven't checked it yeah yeah. I, I didn't
0: think to check it either. See, but. I
1: used to have a whole bunch of Living with 12 Men, but I sent it to back to my hometown librarian because I liked her a lot. And they made a big to-do about it. Uh-huh. And uh, they sold all the books. Uh-huh. I said, it was a donation to the library.
0: Nice. Okay, well, um, I think that's going to do it for us. Um uh, I, I have one complaint is that my cheeks hurt uh, from laughing uh, and smiling, uh, but that's a good thing. Uh, so that was that was delightful.
1: Well, what, what what
0: about your t-shirt? No, my cheeks.
1: Oh, I thought you said your t-shirt. <laughs> no, let me
0: see. No, my I t-shirt's just fine.
1: You, you were drooling.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, my cheeks hurt oh. from laughing and okay. <laughs> smiling at those stories.
1: Well, it's so fun to tell them. Yeah.
0: They're great. Everybody's going to love them.
1: Yeah, thanks. so much.
0: I want to thank Betty Ochard for being on. Uh, That is going to we are closing the book on today's podcast. I always forget what I'm supposed to say. Uh, (laughs) I definitely want to thank KCAT and all their people for uh, for sponsoring us, for supporting us, uh, for making this thing happen. Uh, It's always a pleasure to uh, work with everybody here. Uh, and um, we will see you all next time.
1: You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on
0: KCAT Radio. Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org
1: slash radio.